Hello and welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld Review Show. Oh, damn it, I didn't rewrite this part. I do this every week. I, I plug it in, and I don't change the little thing here. Mm. The Seinfeld Review Show. Uh, that's better. Uh-oh. Did you hear that little burp? I did. It was a little baby burp. I was trying to quiet it. <laughs> All right, here we go. I don't even know what this intro means. Hello and welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that's preferred by Edna's Worldwide. Each week we dissect every episode of Seinfeld in chronological order. With me today, as always, is Patrick Armstrong. Hello. And Christopher Young. Hi there. I'm Cameron Wong, and this is episode 53, and today we will be looking at season 4, episode 14, The Movie. And we are glad to be with you again, and we're glad to have our good friend Christopher Young back on the show. Hi there. How's it going, Chris? Good, how are you? I am I am well. Do you have some news to share? Um, I was in Texas again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil Chris's big news. While Chris was there, he got a waffle in the shape of the fine state of Texas. Oh, my God. No, Cameron, I had like six waffles <laughs> in the shape of the state of Texas. They were at the hotel, like, they just had this waffle iron, and, like, the waffle batter came out of a keg, like a small little keg that you just put into a cup with a measuring thing in it, and you made your own. And I do that every morning, and I, I had a lot of waffles. I really, really liked those waffles. That's great. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was the trip for me. We, um... <laughs> no, we were, we were at another film festival down there, um... We won an award for best comedy, which was exciting. It was fun. Yeah, you got a plate. Well, yeah, the awards are like these sort of ceramic plate things. Um, yeah, they were neat. So did you eat one of those waffles off of it? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Uh, no, I did not. Why not? Uh, the plates are kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't want to. Don't want to do that. If, if you have a nice wine you drink it so i don't know if you remember but on this very show on what's the deal show on i believe episode five or six uh, we actually discussed uh, plates with the picture of royalty on it those commemorative plates so are, is there potentially a situation where you might use this plate if you had like a fancy guest over like what if obama came to your house uh, I would apologize profusely for the state of my house. And okay, so he's there. You you say uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Mr. President. Kind of a shithole. I I didn't mean to. You know, I didn't mean for it to be so messy. I didn't know you were coming over. And then my friend would be like, "I told you he was coming over. It's been planned for weeks." And I'd be like, "Well, I forgot." Um, and then I'd be like, "Ah." Uh, I don't have any clean plates. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I have this award. It's kind of a plate. Here you go, Mr. President, sir. And you'd be like, thank you, Chris. And I'd be like, you're welcome. 
So you would serve him your meatloaf, which I don't even know why you were making meatloaf, but no, I'm not making meatloaf. Uh, you would you would serve him your meatloaf on your plate. It'd on your probably be plate. a burrito. Yeah, I make good burritos. Um, did we ever like even like link to this movie in our show notes? Yes, we have. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember doing that. People, oh, yeah, we people can't watch it or anything yet. Uh, they we also linked it to his. We linked his yeah. Indiegogo too. We, yeah. we did that. Yeah. Did you read reviews of your movie, Chris? Yeah. Uh, I read one the other day. I was like, I just like randomly searched for it. Would you like to read? Would you like me to read the, uh, the like real like money shot line from it? I mostly I feel like this will embarrass Chris, but I think yeah, do it. Do it. it. Uh, with such a first great film, or with such a great first film, the bounds are limitless at what great content he can bring to the screen. Uh, limitless? Limitless. I'm going to go ahead and say there's a limit. Yeah, I mean, Chris is possibly there. I feel like he's kind of scratching the ceiling <laughs> as it is. <laughs> I'm going to link to this review in the show notes. What sort of sycophant did you have write that review? I, <laughs> I mean, I may have had to Chris's. perform some favors. Austin Fusion Magazine. There you go. Lisa. Lisa. I don't know how to Gia. pronounce her last Magia name. Or yes. or Mejia. Mm. I don't know. That's, yeah. Oh, That's just this is, yeah. a nice, nice review. This yeah, last trip we did a whole bunch of like press. We were on the we were on the radio. We were uh, on like the front page of the newspaper for this interview that we did with one of the writers there. We were supposed yeah, to saw, saw that. We were supposed to be on TV, and we were mm-hmm. about to go do our interview, but there was like a car crash somewhere, and they had to go cover that. So they they bumped us. Got bumped. So, so your movie ranked slightly below. Local car accident. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but I thought that was pretty great. And your mom was very active on Facebook. She was very proud of you. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, As she great. should be. Yeah, absolutely. Her son's a big, big-time director now. Now, Chris, if you had any... Like, this review is glowing. Yeah, absolutely. Are the, are the reviews all like this? Like, are, are they all this good? People seem to like the movie. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well this is just this is honestly this is like the most pr- i've never read a review of any movie that is as praiseworthy as this one i mean we 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 had to make some deals with the devil let's just put it that way <laughs> no. although i i like this line since focus takes place in a corporate office the landscape isn't anything spectacular that's what we're gonna put on the poster <laughs> that's awesome i mean we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna truncate it a little bit so it's just gonna be quote isn't anything spectacular <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> that's a really good pull quote you know between between this review if you can get peter travers to watch your movie you're gonna be set oh yeah i wonder i wonder what peter travers would have to say about your movie i want roger ebert to review it well, that's awkward. 
I always wanted to make, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to make movies, and I wanted to make, I wanted Roger Ebert to review my movie. I always thought, even if I got thumbs down, I'd be okay with that. Mm. Now, well, you, Peter Travers, you still have a chance with Peter Travers, though. Yeah, I guess I could get Leonard Malton to do it, too. Peter Travers always has such a, you know, uh, focus is potent and provocative, white knuckled. It is white knuckled. I mean, Peter Travers has more cliches in his reviews than anyone else going. Like, I, always, I feel like he's his sole goal is to be the quote on the poster. Yeah, it's funny because I always wonder if reviewers try to actively avoid lines. Like, I wonder if they 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 try to write like like assuming that their whole article is a minefield, they could get pulled at any point, and they try and write things that are as accurate yet as unsensationalistic as possible so that they don't get pulled peter travers okay i'm just i'm pulling this out okay Mm. peter travers his review of captain america yeah uh the winter soldier the winter soldier leaves other superhero films in the cold there we go see like yeah sit this guy down get him to watch your your movie peter travers on focus isn't anything spectacular (laughs) How, how about this one, Chris? You'll like this. Uh, Chris Young has something to roost about. There we go. See, see what I did there? I do. Okay. I do. Uh, Patrick Armstrong, uh, what sort of critical acclaim have you won this week? No critical acclaim. No acclaim of any kind, actually. Patrick Armstrong nice. isn't anything spectacular. <laughs> Uh, I did go to I did go to a place called Le Cheese last night where, where they have like grilled cheese sandwiches and macaroni and cheese by the pound, which is kind of now. Great. Is the language police going to come and visit them? I hope so. They got the law on there. I think it's yeah, right. they got the law. Yeah, but it, it says cheese. Yeah, Le Cheese, Le Fromage. I, I mean, it's only a problem if someone complains, you know. And I don't. Is think... there an is there an online form that I can fill out right now? Oh, you might be. Fill out in French? Well, I should fill out the form in English. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's it's a grilled cheese specialty. Well, store? they they got grilled cheese. I had a like Philly cheese steak. Uh, they have uh, like deep fried uh, cheesecake, and uh, they also have like macaroni and cheese, which you can buy by the quarter, half, full pound, or two pounds you can buy a macaroni and cheese and so we were in there and it was packed yes. and this woman came in she was like can i have uh, a half well what two pounds of uh, macaroni and cheese and she was just kind of by herself and then like looked really embarrassed but uh you know she sort of said to go yeah she did say to go she got it to go and so there you go you know, she's probably gonna head home, have some uh, some beer, wine, watch Netflix for a few hours. Sounds like a good night. That's Two pounds good. of macaroni and cheese and uh, and uh, some bottle Netflix. of wine. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of my nights, actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was the best. I kind of loved it. That sounds great. Yeah. And uh, how are you doing, Cam? Cameron Wong underwhelms in his role as what's the deal host cameron wong is something special (laughs) cameron wong is a triumph uh you know aside from all the critical acclaim that keeps falling my way this week has been 
pretty big week for me because I have rekindled my sporting career in softball. Now, obviously, slow pitch softball is a premier sport all over the world. (laughs) And I haven't played it since I was about 14 years old. I joined a local softball team. And let me tell you, our first game was a nail biter. Hmm? Top of the seventh inning, last inning of our game, we're down by four runs. But a little angels in the outfield sort of miracle occurs, and we lost by 20 runs. (laughs) We gave up 18 runs at the top of the seventh inning and clawed back two at the end there to to lose by 20 runs in a a close finish, in a very, very close finish. (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. Nothing nothing to be ashamed about. Mm Mm-hmm. Is, so is this um, a softball league? Because, you know, you mentioned that you were in the softball league. It sounded pretty good. I was looking at softball leagues around Montreal. There are leagues where you your team pitches to your own team. Yeah, and, my, my league doesn't do that. Okay, so you have, you have opposing pitchers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but it was... Uh... It was fun, nonetheless. So, you know, it was, it was a little gutting at the end, but it felt good to be out there, you know? I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some pro scouts coming around soon. Mm-hmm. The reviews in the local paper were pretty, pretty positive. Oh, yeah? About my performance. What's, what was your average? What, you, what is your goal for your average, your batting average for, for this season? My batting average or, like, my on-base percentage? Uh, either. Well, my goal for batting average is 100%. Okay. <laughs> uh, my on-base percentage... Uh, so, my batting average right now is 100. Nice. Uh, my on-base percentage right now is zero. I got on base a total of zero times in the game. <laughs> they were really good. should have seen them. Mm-hmm. I think they were ringers. I think that could have been, like, some minor league affiliate team. Maybe... Some of the some of the guys from the Golden League or something on that team, mm, something like that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, softball. Jeez, it's a it's a cutthroat game, but it, it's fun. It was fun. I had a good time. Okay, okay. So we start with the monologue uh, as usual, um, and this week Jerry's talking about the age gap of the movie theater. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about about this this bit. I mean, it's it's a reasonable bit. But uh, it's just very standard, and uh, I think there's nothing really to talk about. Have either of you ever observed this? Well, see, this is the thing. I actually think this is really dated, because this was the case back in the day a lot, because everyone in the Lamplighters Union was about, like, in their 60s plus. And so when they weren't projecting, they often ripped the tickets, and then every other position was filmed by teenagers who are non-union employees. But the Lamplighters Union, as far as I understand, folded after a protracted strike in the mid-90s, and so this doesn't really exist anymore. (laughs) Do you guys remember the Lamplighters Union? I remember them striking, yeah. Pretty sure you and I were stuck in a movie theater for a while. We were gonna go to a movie, and my dad dropped us off. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, the tickets are on strike. Oh, I guess not. What are we gonna do, Cameron? Uh, I don't know. Drugs? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't school. remember it quite that. I don't really remember it quite that way. I seem to remember what happened was we crossed the picket line and went to the movie theater anyways. And beforehand, Chris Young went into the Save on Foods and bought like a two liter bottle of Coke and attempted to hide it in this huge cargo <laughs> pant pocket. I think two was. liters of Coke. You just got greedy. Uh, I drink. I used to drink a lot of that stuff. I think it works though. It did. It worked, but it was ridiculous. It looked like Chris had a goiter on his leg in the shape of a two-liter bottle of Coke. Hmm. And then those, you had those like huge, like technical pants. I remember yeah. those. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess they were giant two-liter bottles of Coke. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that must have been great to just see these two teenagers come in, and one teenager unzips his uh, technical pocket on his pants and pulls out a two liter bottle of coke and is just taking swigs out of that thing like a baby at the bottle yeah i used to i used to drink so much of that stuff Hmm. so much of that stuff you know the problem was it was one one summer when i was like um maybe 14 or so 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. uh coke ran this promotion like with the bottle caps underneath you could win another coke and the odds were fantastic for a while they were like one in three or something and you could just keep winning more and more Cokes. And then they, then they raised it to one in six, and it was still pretty good. Um, so that summer, I just got hooked on Coca-Cola and gambling. And then the promotion was over, and I was still hooked on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I hope you don't gamble, Chris, because one in three odds is not particularly good. I it's mean, better than, it's, be- it's better than whatever roll up the rim is. Cause... Roll up the rim is one in three this year. No way. Yeah. I didn't win once. Yeah, because you have the, the two roll-ups this year, right? Yeah, you have the bonus roll-up. I didn't win once. Did you guys win anything? Yeah, I, I, I actually the finished, the, the, I finished the year over 500. The what? Like, I I won yeah. over, over 50% of the time that I got. He's using baseball terminology. Oh God damn! One day and it's slow. I'm not. I'm not using. It's not a baseball <laughs> terminology. Yeah, no one ever. It's only baseball where you use like 500 to talk, like out of a thousand to talk about percentages. Maybe oh. other sports. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm talking. I think this is actually. I'm pulling this from. I, I guess I'm pulling it from sports, ball. but it's not baseball. No, I haven't actually seen Moneyball. Oh, it's good. Oh, okay. Um, but no, nonetheless, I. I was actually, I think, I think I usually talk about my, this is, this is hitting a low for the show, but I think I usually, when I'm talking about my kill to death ratio in my various uh, first person shooters I like to play, that's where uh, they give it to you uh, as a number out of a thousand like that. All right. So I... But in case, in case anyone is wondering, my battlefield for kill to death ratio is 1.48. So that's pretty good. Good. Okay. So... This week, everyone wants to go to the movie. That's their plan for the night. So uh, we start out with Jerry at the club. Jerry's set is delayed. He's going to like have to do it at 11 because it's interfering with his other one across the street. Apparently, he's going to be on The Tonight Show. Or no, he's going to be on Letterman. And uh, he briefly runs into an annoying guy who he uh, avoids. Another comedian, I guess, is like a hack. Buckles. Buckles. Yeah, it's quite a name. 
Uh, and Jerry does a very distinct thing where this guy is like excited to see him. He's like, hey, Jer. And Jerry just says like, hey, and keeps walking. Yep. I have to admit I have done this. Yep. So so rude. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. But Buckles wasn't the prop comic, was he? No. No. Okay. Now, have you guys ever been to a comedy club before? No. Yeah. Is it like this? Is that what it's like? Because I've never been. Um. So this is theater of the mind. Set us set the scene for us, Chris. What is it like inside of one? I don't know. Buckles, Come on, Chris. Use Buckles, your unlimited potential here. Buckles isn't there. Um, it's like it's just like a club. Only there's a stage, and the part where like, like I guess I guess the part that's that I've like at least in the ones that I've been in, they don't have like this sort of staging area that we always see. Um, that we always see Jerry hang out in, or like George, yeah, like in, in in the little bar hangout. Yeah, area. like uh, maybe that's like a. I don't know. Like, usually it's just like you go into a club and there's tables and. and there's a I don't think stage. I don't think the backstage would have a manned bar. No, and there wouldn't be and like there wouldn't be like regular people hanging out there. I don't know. Like, just like that's the only thing that I don't really get. Unlimited <laughs> potential. Yeah, because it, it. I was just wondering because it really didn't meet sort of like my idea of what a comedy club would be like. And in, in my mind, a comedy club is like what you said. You just kind of walk in and there's tables and maybe at the back. There's like a quiet bar where you can grab like a drink and then go back to your table. Yeah, I mean well, they're also they're all different, right? I mean, like there's there's no real, no real set. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like in general, like I only ever really hear comedians say they hate comedy clubs, right? Like it doesn't seem like they're a great place. You know. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. There's there's the single comedy club in Victoria, which has probably the worst name for a comedy club. Do you remember what it is, Patrick? Oh, yeah. Hecklers. Hecklers. It's not yeah. good. It's, it, it's Hecklers. Yeah. yeah who, it's wants, like... who wants to work at a club where that is the name? The worst thing that can happen as, I guess, maybe if they called it Bombs, uh, that would be an <laughs> even worse name for a club. But, you know, who wants to who wants to work at a club like that? I don't think anyone like that is such a bad name for a comedy club, especially for the talent. I guess if you're a jerk and you're like an audience member, you would really be into a place called Hecklers. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's like I giving feel... you license. Yeah. 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 Do you think that it gets worse heckling because of that? I kind of yeah, think do. it does. It feels yeah. like it's it's essentially not just permitted but almost mandated with that name. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Yeah. It's it's a bad name. Um, okay, so meanwhile, at the theater, George is getting tickets. Uh, it seems like they're going to see Checkmate. Um, and this kind of starts what we see throughout this episode. We're constantly switching between the characters because, you know, they never really, until the very end, like, get together all in the same place. So we're going to be jumping around a bit tonight, I guess. Um, and so... Jerry, I guess, like, after he missed this, um, missed his set or, like, he was going to the other place, he got the time wrong. He went to Catch a Rising Star, a, like, real comedy club in uh, New York, uh, and I guess missed his set. He misheard the time. And this guy who who runs the show, I guess, he's, I don't know, he's, like, almost like a high school principal type character. 
You know, uh, like, yeah, he's he's got that sort of fuddy duddiness to him. Yeah, maybe like a a high school principal, like in the seventies, or in I don't know, like a like a Breakfast Club sort of style movie. Yeah, he's he's quite a quite a guy. Um, so yeah, and then eventually uh, he's gonna go try to like find his friends to tell him that he. He, or find his friends, find the gang, and uh, tell them that he can't make the movie that he's supposed to be seeing with them because he has a set at 11. So now, at the movie theater, we have Elaine meeting George. They disagree about what movies are good. Kramer comes, wants to get a hot dog from Papaya Joe. Papaya Joe? Papaya King. Oh, Papaya King? King? Oh, I broke down Papaya Joe. Wonder why. Did you not see the stock footage clip they used? <laughs> it was good. Now I I've heard a lot about Papaya King hot dogs, but I've I've never had one. Oh really? Are they famous? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of it. That, that's their whole thing. Like if you actually start to type in papaya, uh, it'll be the first thing that pops up. Not even. Do you think you, know, you get like papaya on your hot dog? That'd be pretty good. Yeah, you you might. I don't know. I mean. And then I actually like that one of them, if you type in Papaya King, it's like Papa. Uh, <laughs> Papa Paella, Dijon. No. <laughs> Paella King versus Gray's. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's like, there's various like hot dog franchises in New York, and people are like, which, which is the better one to go to? Oh wow. Um, okay, so, so a couple things here. Uh, one of the first things is Elaine and George are disagreeing about whether Ponce de Leon is a good movie. Do you guys find that this tends to be an unnecessarily like tense conversation, like in general, like not just Elaine and George here, like people get so upset if like you don't like a movie they liked or like if you like a movie they didn't like. Do you find that people like take it personally? Yes. A little bit. Oh, I have a photo of that place, actually. I took a photo right outside that place when I was in New York. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you must have known with this audience that that was, that was almost a rhetorical question. Well, do you, find, like, do you find that you feel irritated when someone doesn't like a movie you like? It de- well, it depends on the extent to which I like the movie. And it it's depends not, on who they are, too. It's yeah, and it's it's not irritation more as it's usually shock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like a state of disbelief. Like what kind of like state of disbelief are we talking here? Incredulous. Like you feel like it's impossible for someone to not like that movie. Yeah, and especially as Chris said, depending on the person, right? Like I feel like I know Chris Young pretty well. Chris Young and I have watched God knows how many movies together. Several. Uh, we've talked. We've talked about movies. Uh, basically since we've met each other. Uh, so I feel like I have a sense of what movies that we'll both like or that, you know, he might like. And so if if for some reason some movie doesn't collide with that, then I would be kind of like boggled and I would want an explanation. Hmm. Boggled. Yeah, my my mind, I'd, I'd be boggled. I know, yeah, boggled. I don't know. Do, and, and then, you know, like... Uh, popular guest host justin armstrong who has i what was the word he used to describe his taste in movies N- nuanced yeah <laughs> which is another way of saying good 
I think, when he says that. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. have a nuanced taste. Uh, I, can, I can never tell what movies he's going to like, and yet I'm constantly surprised at the movies that he heaps praise upon and which movies he does not. Uh, you well, know, it's but... kind of unfair to bring them up right now, but, like, say The Spirit is a movie that he thought was really good or at least underrated. And I believe that movie is pretty universally panned. Spirit? Oh, that's that, like, Frank Miller awful movie? That's the one. <laughs> yeah, awful. Justin's Justin's cooking somewhere underneath the collar. He's, he's not going to be happy about this one. Like, I can make Sin City myself. Turns out, no, I, you can't. I mean, it's it's got a terrible Metacritic rating. I mean, and of course, you know, what does that mean? But, I mean, it's only it's got a 30 means it's bad um so eventually um it turns out george was in the wrong line he was in the ticket holders line not the uh ticket buying line uh the tickets are sold out they have to go to the the the, the twin theater you guys hear that lawnmower just blast on at my oh yeah oh we can hear it we can, there's also a, there's also a wind thing going on yeah, that's not me, the wind. It's not me. Oh, uh, like that might be. First. I think that's that might be my apartment. Um. So. So yeah. And so here we see like some of the first of like the good jokes. Like this episode tense is like kind of full of actual jokes, yeah. which I really appreciate. Um, how's, how's that? Is that is that acceptable in terms of sound? Is yeah. it better? Yeah, it's fine. Um. Yeah, so, like, this episode's full of actual jokes. Like, Elaine doesn't want to go to this theater. She says it's, like, a mini-theater, or rather a room where they bring in POWs to show them propaganda films. That was a good line. Yeah, it's a great joke. Uh, I find, in general, I don't really care about the size of the screen. You know, it tends to just be big enough, you know. I guess I don't know how small this screen is, but... Well, it couldn't be smaller than, say, like, you know, this won't mean to any anything to anyone else, but, like, say, the Roxy or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I disagree. Um, there's a couple theaters in Toronto that are theaters, and they're smaller than the Roxy quite a bit. It's it's a, it's barely like being out of someone's basement. Well, I think every multi—that's that's kind of what I got the idea that this theater was like. like well, like every small multi- theater. Well, we see what the theater looks like. It doesn't. We don't see that. the screen size. No, but I mean, we see the seat size. So I mean, I feel like they've got a reasonable size screen in there. I don't know. Like I was, I was assuming something about on par with like Pacific Cinematheque. Cameron, you've been in that theater, right? Oh yes, many times. That's a smaller theater than the Roxy. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have a great sense, but I'm. I'm kind of with Patrick uh, that I. I don't actually care too much about the size of the screen. Oh, I definitely. Movie. I definitely care. It's, it's bigger than the screen I have at home, mm-hmm. and if it's the only place I can see it, then what does it matter to me? Yeah. So, Chris, are you? Are you? Uh, well, I already know the answer to this question, but you're. So you're. You're the sort of guy like IMAX. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's so. Do you pay for, like, the special tickets at, like, Omegaplex where, like, you have the reserved seating and it's, like, a really big screen and you have, like, almost that, like, lazy boy easy chair to sit in? Oh, no, I've never been. I've heard of those. No, but, I mean, what I do like is that the the IMAX screens, 
they're all reserved seating. Like you buy your tickets and you choose your seats right then and there. I love that. Yeah, see, I, I've got a thing on here there too. Like, you know what? The save, saving seats is a terrible system and yeah. being able to buy your ticket and just know where you're sitting is the best. Yeah. Yeah, well, why don't we talk about saving seats? Like, this comes up a little later, but we might as well talk about it well, now. Like, Elaine has, has problems saving seats. She says she hates saving seats. I agree. And the situation she ends up in is my nightmare. Like, she is sitting there trying to save three seats. Saving one seat, I feel like I can deal with in general. Uh, but when you're saving two seats... I always feel like it's difficult. You're always explaining to people that the, the seats, three seats, it's impossible. You're, you're in the situation of ladies and where people are constantly asking you if that seat is taken. They're upset with you. Everyone's upset. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah. yeah, saving seats is awful, but this scene, or the scenes with Elaine saving the seats, the sort of issue I have with it is that usually people are a bit better if there's clearly objects on the seats. It's when you're saving seats and there's nothing on them. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there's like a bit of a social contract, I think, when there's a jacket on the seat, you just know it's taken. So when the house lights are down, people have to ask because they can't see it very well. But when the lights are up like that, why would someone ask if they're taken? You, you're you not going to say like, oh, yeah, I just, they're they're available. I just thought I'd put every single object of clothing I have with me on these separate seats. Well, the thing is, like, so occasionally people will put stuff on the seats because they don't want people sitting next to them. What? They want, like, the arm space. They want both things. They just want more space. People absolutely do that because I've, like, been in a situation where there... It'll be like like what Elaine is doing here where she's in one seat. There's one seat to the left and two to the right. So there'll be stuff on the two ones side to side, and I'll be two people. Like, there'll be me and one other person, and I'll ask if both those seats are taken. And no, it turns out they just have their coat there. They're not saving it for anyone. Are you kidding? No, this has absolutely happened to me. Those people are like Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, they look like us, but (laughs) it turns out they're just, you know, monsters. Yeah, I don't understand that we're living in a society. That's right. That's like, I I think those are very outlier cases. I think most of the time, there's a a jacket on that seat because it's someone's seat. Chris, have you heard of this? Uh, Were you aware that people were doing this? uh, No. I I mean, I, I assumed that maybe it was possible, but... I just never ever assumed that anything but this is this is shocking in a sort of way of like when a child first realizes that you know like evil actually exists in the <laughs> world and that people will do cruel things uh i I don't know what to do with this information. Why are people doing this? I know because they would they want that space they're the most important person in the world they want all that space I'd love that I'd love the space too, but I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I know, they're monsters. That is psychopathic behavior. Absolutely. I mean, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to get on a plane and throw my jacket on the seat next to me? Oh, this is going to be a comfy trip. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I don't know what sort of legislation is in place to put an end to this, but (laughs) this is awful. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I can barely do the show anymore. Um, all right. Well, so saving seats, terrible. I'm glad we've settled this. Um, the next terrible thing that happens to Jerry is this guy. What is this guy's name? Buckles. Buckles. Jerry ends up in a cab going across town with Buckles. This guy, he is such a bizarre character. Maybe one of the most bizarre characters that have been on Seinfeld so far. 
like he's telling him his family history. He's complaining about how when they lived on the lake, everything smelled like fish. He asked Jerry to do him a favor, eat no more fish. This guy's very strange. He doesn't seem to understand, uh, like, human communications. Yeah, uh, he's very odd, and I guess I... Well, we'll talk about him first. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's extremely odd, and yet I find him to almost potentially be, like... It's like he's, like, a slightly more charming, like, proto-Banya. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. uh, Banya is just straight up, for whatever reason, like straight up more annoying than this guy like this guy is ridiculous but i don't think he's quite as annoying as banya or in the same way as banya where banya is basically antagonistic yeah yeah, banya is like aggressively annoying this guy he's he has an innocence about him you know like when he asked jerry to store his trench coat in his closet for a few months he doesn't understand why jerry wouldn't do it Mm mm-hmm uh, I like uh, when Jerry says no, and he's like, "I'm sorry, you feel that way." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's funny because like this guy's so weird that I feel like I you you can't even kind of relate any part of his personality to a real human being. Mm, that's bizarre. Um, like I feel like I can relate most characters in Seinfeld to some sort of person or personality trait that I've seen other people exhibit in real life. This guy is 100 percent a character. He's an alien. <laughs> uh, one of the other things he brings up, and I was just kind of curious about, he talks about how growing up on the lake, you know, the smell of the fish. Um, do you guys, would you agree, is is the lake smell of fish, like, potentially one of the worst smells? You know, the kind of like the harbor sort of smell? No. Is that... I kind of like it. I don't mind it. Wow. Talk about Jeffrey Dahmer lurking around us. <laughs> But you live on the ocean. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the smell of the ocean. I'm talking about, like, fish market smell. The smell of, like... Oh, so, like, next to, like, a cannery or something? Yeah. Oh, that's like What it's like when you're going, like, through Chinatown? Like, with some of the fresh fish markets? Yeah, yeah, essentially. So, like, the smell of, like, a place where they're processing fish and, like, hauling in fish. So not... I mean, is if, that not the if smell he's talking if about? If it's fresh fish at a fresh like fish market, yeah, I don't mind that's it. fine. But if it's like near a cannery where they have piles of rotting fish, that is pretty pretty gross. I've been like near a cannery and it is disgusting. If you were also near a brewery and you said it smelled like tomato soup, burnt tomato soup is the worst. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with him on this one. Like, I really don't like the the smell of. Of fish. So that's why you don't eat fish, right? And you're always asking me to stop eating fish. Patrick, do me a favor. <laughs> Give up the fish. No more fish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, I guess I just kind of assumed it was everybody who kind of found that smell offensive. But No, I, I find it kind of refreshing almost. Refreshing? Yeah. If I could... If I... Ugh. I just want to hang up on this call. It's refreshing. Um, this is like the cilantro of smells. I like cilantro. Yeah, you would. You don't you like fish, Kevin? Really don't... I like... Yeah, you eat well, fish. Not really. I've seen you eat fish. When? When did you see me eat fish? Was it fish and chips? Maybe. Because that's, that's basically the full extent of it. You want to have part. salmon? Or do you want to have tuna? I... 
Uh, definitely don't eat tuna. Well, I see you eat like a white fish sometimes. Yeah, I'll eat a white fish sometimes, but a like tilapia. Uh, I probably wouldn't have tilapia. Like a halibut then? I, I'd have halibut for sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's that is pretty rare. I would say that in terms of like sort of like meats, proteins, whatever you want to refer to them as, that fish makes up probably less than 5% of my total protein intake. Mm. And, like, given the choice, uh, which I am, like, most of the time, I, I never get it. Mm. Fish and chips, that's it. Um, okay. So... Is, uh, people are learning in this episode. So if you, if you want to send me a gift for What's the Deal show, don't, don't send me a basket of fish. Unless you're unhappy with the show, in which case, do. Send me a basket of fish. Send a DM to at Ota Wong and give him a gift certificate for some fish. Um, so next we see like kind of a, like a quick succession of scenes. We see, you know, Elaine dealing with uh, like the seat business and eventually she gives up seats. She can't deal with it anymore. Kramer's so tempted by the hot dogs. He's like staring at them and... He he breaks. He like he leaves to go to Papaya, the Papaya King, um, and and uh, George. He uh, uh, he like he's tired of waiting for for Jerry. He leaves, and then we see this thing that happens over and over in this episode where they're describing each other, and they each have they have all these completely bizarre descriptions for each other. So like. Kramer's description of Jerry is a guy with a big head and flared nostrils. Uh, George describes uh, Kramer as a guy with like a horse face and big teeth, uh, which is pretty great. You know, there's just like a, a variety of these bizarre descriptions for each other. I think Elaine later is described as having uh, a pretty the... lady with a wall of hair and a face like a <laughs> frying like pan. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, what does that even mean? Do you face, have like a frying face? I think it means a round face, like a big round face. I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't sound complimentary of someone you've described as a pretty lady. <laughs> no, uh, someone describes uh, George as like Humpty Dumpty with a melon head. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the uh, the ticket seller at the movie theater. Yeah, I love these descriptions. They're all great. Keep them yeah. coming. I mean. I actually think they're kind of uh, kind of accurate. Yeah, not really sure what the frying pan means. Kramer's got a hair like a bride of Frankenstein. That's true. Horse teeth. Now, while they're standing in line, speaking of there, I noticed uh, there's another there's a movie poster and Seinfeld best fake movies, and I didn't even bother to look up if this one is fake or not because sometimes they have real posters up there for a movie called Year of the Comet. Oh, I've never heard. Can't imagine that's. I didn't even see it. Let's see. Year of the Comet. It's a real movie. Wow. Oh wow. This is quite a poster. It's like. uh, So I'll put a link to this in the show notes. Oh wait, no, I have. uh, Yeah. Okay. It's like. (laughs) Are you seeing the tagline for the Year of the Comet? Uh no. She's mad about wine. He's mad about women. Together, they've got a lot of bottle. So the poster, it's a wine glass with like the red wine in it, but the top of the wine looks like the ocean, and there's a couple paddling a boat. 
like a day. Wow. I mean, there's so many posters in the movie. There's one of the two of them wearing formal wear, and then below them, him riding a motorcycle through on the back, and then an exploding helicopter behind them. Yeah, what is this movie? And I so I wrote down the tagline because I assumed it was fake. Because the tag, the tagline on the other the poster that they have is a comedy about romance and other perilous adventures. And you know, these two actors, I have no idea who they are: Penelope Ann Miller, Tim. I know that is. I mean, Penelope Ann Daly was in Kindergarten Cop. She was in The Artist. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I know her from. Why is nothing working? Oh, my. Sorry, I'm trying not to swear. Wow, the guy who directed this directed Bullet, the Steve McQueen movie. That's amazing. He's still directing things. That's That's something. Directed a couple TV movies in the 2000s. Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, Carlito's Way, Awakenings. Oh, and it was um, written by William Goldman. That's uh, Princess Bride, isn't it? Oh. Oh. Oh yeah, and Marathon Man, Butch Cassidy, maybe this, Sundance. Maybe Kid. this movie is good. Who knows? Misery. Hey, Misery is good. I like yeah. that movie a lot. It's crazy. I mean, it's got a pretty bad IMDb rating, though. An extremely rare bottle of wine, bottled during the appearance of the Great Comet of 1811, is discovered. Margaret Harwood is sent to retrieve it so it can be sold at auction. Oliver Plexico is assigned as her travel guide slash bodyguard for the trip. However, other people desperately want the bottle and will stop at nothing to get it. A simple little trip becomes an international chase. Hmm. This is an incredible movie, uh, and I love the poster of them in formal wear with the exploding helicopter. Oh, you know what? I, uh, maybe the reason that this poster is in here is it was uh, produced by Castle Rock. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Huh. Look at this. Still looking pretty good. Looking, <laughs> you know, some red carpet photos on IMDb as of 2013. You know, hasn't just let it all go to pot. So uh, you bring up a good point, though, about the movies here. I I think the dialogue, the little bits of dialogue that we hear for both Checkmate and Rochelle Rochelle are hilarious. Oh, it's so good. uh, I really like it seems like uh, like Larry David is in both of them. Right. I think so. Um, And one of my favorites is when during Checkmate, it's like the king and some guy talking, and it's like, what, do you enjoy chess, king, or your highness? And he's like, of course. And the guy's like, well, I thought, you know, in this game, the king is always in peril. And the guy's like, ha, 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 it's just a game. And the other guy says, or is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, and it's Rochelle so Rochelle is so good, too. Like, one guy wants to go with her to Minsk, and he's like... It's, I've, I've, never I've been always to wanted to. I've always wanted to go to Minsk. It's so full of hustle and bustle. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you watch Focus, you'll probably hear a lot of these lines cribbed and just. <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle, what are we going to do with you? Get out of those wet clothes. <laughs> I think this movie has sidle nudity. Oh, she was in Chaplin. So. 
further uh, a further item uh, to discuss I'm here still at the movie theaters. Penelope at Miller's IMDb. Uh, as George and Elaine, just before she's saving the seats here, uh, they're trying to work out how to pay uh, for these tickets because George spent his money and he can't break anything. And he yeah. offers to buy, or Elaine offers to buy him his food at the movies, which leads me to my question. Do you get food at the movies, Patrick? Um, I mean, popcorn sometimes. So it's not 100%. Oh, not 100%. In, in fact, like if I'm going by myself, I hardly ever get popcorn. But uh, my girlfriend Emily is a huge fan of popcorn. So uh, when I'm with her at a movie, it's close to 90%. I mean, unless we ate immediately before, we're getting some popcorn. Okay. Uh, Christopher Young? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Sometimes get popcorn. Other than that, no. Because... I'm basically, like, right now, I'm swinging almost 100%. Really? Yeah. Are you getting popcorn? You love popcorn, though. I do, but do you know what? I never used to get it. I I thought it was insane to get popcorn at the movie theater. Uh, But my girlfriend Zoe, she loves getting the popcorn at the theater. And I've just kind of, like, pardon me, I've just, I've kind of come to expect it. Well, you know, it's also, like, when you're not, like, in university and, like, like you tend to be, like, extremely tied on money in university or, like, high school or something. Like, just paying for that movie ticket, that's that's an expense. So paying, you know, another $8 or whatever for popcorn, it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a big expense. It's a, It feels like a big deal. It is fun. It enhances the fun, though, to get popcorn at the movie theater. I don't know why that is. My problem with the popcorn is that I am almost invariably pretty much done with it by the time the, the, the previews are over. But it helped fill that time. It did. It did. Wait, like you like have almost eaten all of it? or you? Just no, I, I, I'm mostly like, you know, usually I'll go with my girlfriend and we'll, we'll split like a, a thing of popcorn. And by the time, like, you know, we've gone through, like, four trailers and, like, done the damn, like, quiz thing with the app that I never do, but people do. There's an app? Yeah, there's, like, the scene app where it's, like, get out your scene pass app and, you know, play along with the game. And people what? do it. I know. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this. And I I go to a lot of movies, Chris Young. I think It's a, it's a Scotiabank uh, theater thing. Well, there's, oh, like the Scotiabank, uh, like the scene card. Yeah. So you have to have a scene card. No, but it's an it's an app. What's the? God. Dave Dave texted me a little while ago, and he's like, because we were gonna go to a movie together, and he's like, make sure you download that app so we can play the game. I just responded. <laughs> I just responded. I'm not downloading that app. Uh, Dave has such a charming like innocence and naivete about him. Uh, well, make, I don't sure, know about make, that. make sure you download the CNET app so we can play uh, the movie Some theater trivia. Dumbass trivia game. I mean, is is the, having the multiple choice up there not enough? Can they not just give you the three choices and you can pick, or you can guess who the blurry well, face the, is? Then, yeah, exactly. And then if you if you if you're the winner, you get like I don't know a popcorn or something. And it's so, like, yeah, whoa, 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 you get a popcorn? Yeah, there's there's reasons to play. 
Oh, that's I pretty good. Oh, that's that's care. really good. So wow, you guys just that... turned around. That was pretty quick. Dave well, goes I, from I, didn't, I didn't realize a simple, there was a prize. Dave goes from going a simple sort of naivete <laughs> to like, wait a minute, there's popcorn? There's a free, like, sign me up. I didn't Chris, know that there was some sort of benefit. Chris, popcorn being on the line is a big deal. Yeah, Dave. So this is Dave. This is about the most because I'm sure you're listening. This is going to be the most vindicated you've ever felt. I, so well, I mean, week. Dave. Dave has gone from naive to basically a genius. If I yeah, had known Dave's that gone he's... from Rain Man to like being your little savior here. What? So right. Ra- what Rain Man? Rain Man. Okay, yeah. right, right. Simple kind of naivete. He was a genius. Rayman's not a genius. He's a savant. So, so there's kind of like one not a last in most things. There's one last little like vignette I'd like to talk about here. Like the humor is a bit played, but when are we Elaine, not talking about the app anymore? When Elaine is trying to order time a play. Diet, it's called time play. Time play. Well, let me download that right now because, I mean, that popcorn's worth eight dollars. <laughs> I think it's called time play. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The pot... I understand. So, um, there's one... There's one last kind of, like, vignette I'd like to talk about here. There's... Elaine goes to order a Diet Coke. And there's this... There's these jokes about, like, the size of popcorn, etc. And, like, the drinks. And it's very confusing. I feel like this joke has been done to death. But it... I was still, like, amused by it. Because this kind of, like like corporate like marketing nonsense that like changes the sizes and like makes things confusing and there's all these rules and like is the butter actually butter is so infuriating and confusing and you you know what you want like it seems so simple you want like a medium coke or a medium popcorn but there's all these things you have to know about that particular theater or corporation or whatever i don't know like you guys know what i'm talking about yeah, confusing, confusing names for the sizes. <laughs> All right. Well, well Patrick. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's right, that's then. your little problem dealt with. <laughs> so Patrick Armstrong is such a charming naivete. <laughs> All right. Well, so then the final monologue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, okay. Hang on. Let's 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 rein it in a little bit here, okay? Because we we can't go to the final monologue. We, we're jumping past so much here, okay? So we've we've covered the seat saving nightmare. We've we've covered the social rules of the. Uh, we've kind of covered buying the popcorn, but let's let's kind of look at some other things here, okay? So. Number one, we've got the movie theater talkers. Yep. Now, during, do those people the trailers. do those people still exist, or are they just the like people who are on their phone now? No, they yeah, absolutely people talk. Yeah, people talk during the movie. I, no, but during the trailers, and I I don't think it's actually a big deal to talk during the trailers. You're a monster. I'll 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 I'll, I'll talk. Not like not like he was talking, but I mean I'll like you know make little jokes and stuff like that during the trailers. Like, like an attempt to get a crack out of the whole theater? No, like the person that I'm with. Because I mean, you, you and I did that that one time. 
<laughs> That's right. Uh, but like, you know, you know, you're making jokes about how bad the movie. Like, I mean, like you see some terrible. So this movie trailer for this thing called Son of God. It was just like the most like by the books. Like it's the Jesus movie, movie, um, with the, like wait the Jesus movie movie, yeah. So it's a movie about the Jesus movie. It's meta, um, and like it was like the most Hollywood like white dude blue eyes Aryan nation Jesus that they've like ever cast. It was just like it's ridiculous, and I'm gonna make jokes about that movie during the commercial for it. There's just no way around it. I I'll talk during the movie. But during the trailers, I talk. Uh, okay, so uh, we've got... See, because I think the the more annoying person now is definitely the movie... The, the texter during the movie. Where, oh, I have, no, I have no tolerance for that either. Like, do they... What do they think? Do they think the light is beaming directly into their corneas? Because it yes. is so bright in that theater. And, I agree. Like, do you, do you say something? Yeah, I have said something. And what, what do you say? Do you just... Are you polite? Put your phone away. Do you shout it? No. I mean, if if the thing, the one thing about it is, if it's if it's if I can see it, it's usually pretty close to me. It's like a row down from me or something, or someone beside me. In which case, then I don't have to shout. But if I see that light, you know, I'll say something. Now, are you kind of like hostile in your tone, or or do you are you polite initially? Like, hey, can you put your phone away, please? Or is it like put no, your phone that- away? It's like, put your phone away. Okay. Patrick, would you say something? Oh, Patrick's eating an apple. Microphone on mute. No, no, sorry. Uh, I was taking a drink of water and a motorcycle was going by. Um, You know how that holds Patrick's tongue and he can't speak? (laughs) There's a motorcycle outside. It's like some sort of very strange ventriloquist like trick. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, like uh, I don't know. It's really annoying. Like the thing is, like when someone is annoying you, it can like totally take you out of the movie and like make it, you know, like hard to enjoy it at all. You know, like if I'm in a state of irritation when I'm trying to watch the movie, like I might as well not even be there. You know. Like a movie that I might otherwise like, I can, uh, you know, be totally ruined by that. So, yeah, I'll say something, you know, just, hey, can you not do that? So you go for the initial polite one. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one that, that knocked my socks off. Not at a movie. I was at, uh, you guys are aware of Destroyer, you know, the guy from New Pornographers? Yeah, the band. They're great. Yeah. So I, w- I was at his show... Less, less than a year ago, it was a few months ago actually. Uh, Dave and I went, and um, he didn't perform with anybody else. He just perform- It was just him and his like guitar, and it was you know, it's pretty quiet show. And you know, we're in this like not giant, not like a stadium or anything. It's like a, it's like a club. And the girl beside me, I can't believe, like I could not believe this. He's in the middle of like singing a song. Everyone's being quiet and listening. The girl answered a phone call. <laughs> she, she, like, answered her damn phone. And and she's like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, bye. And then she, like, kept on, like, talking to people. And before I could say something, 
someone else mentioned it, and she's just like, I'm just trying to talk to my friend here, and she got really upset about it, and then I was like, I talked to him, like, actually, no, I agree with that guy, please be quiet, don't answer your phone again, and, and then she looked at me, and she's like, yeah, you're right, and I've just, I, I've never seen anybody do that, she's like, she's like, is there a problem with me answering my phone, and I think I said something like, oh, no, it's, it's fine, because now I get to say that I've seen someone do that, and she did not think that was funny. I can't hmm. believe she didn't think your snarky comeback wasn't funny. <laughs> I know, right? That is a good observation on my character. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say that... Uh, oh, what's his, what's his name? What's, the, what's that guy's name? Why can't I think of his name? Patrick, you'll, you know his name. Which guy? The, the, the guy from Destroyer. Oh, Behar? Behar. Yeah, yeah. Be- Behar, thank you. Um, I kept wanting to say chad van galen for some reason uh but i kind of thought the story was going to be that he heard it and he was going to like say something from the stage that would have been good too yeah uh because sometimes it can be uh like i've been at shows where you know it's not going exactly the way the artist would like it to be going and it all kind of starts to fall apart like i saw i saw an amy mann show and she was really into it, but she was at, like, not a great venue for the sort of show I think she was hoping it would be, so, like, people are kind of talking, and eventually she's just kind of like, everyone stop talking to your friends. Nice. Uh, but it just kind of made it worse, because the people weren't listening to her in the first place, so then I think the people felt like they were, like, ho- kind of hostile and at odds with her. Well, like, as we talked about in, like, the, the, the last episode, like, people love feeling like oppressed you know especially with that like minor oppression so like the person being like please don't talk they're like we came here to talk we paid good money so we're gonna talk even louder you know they like they love that so i feel like it can only it can only like not work out yeah actually that's a that's that's a very good point um yeah. So, so nonetheless, uh, it's pretty it's pretty difficult to to deal with those people. And I mean, Elaine was pretty polite, pretty polite to that lady. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But like, so Chris, would you be indignant if someone said something to you during like the because the lady responded pretty indignantly? She's like, "It's the previews." Like, would you be? I, would I be indignant. Kind of, if, I actually kind of think I would respond somewhat similarly. It's the previews. But what? That's, that, that's kind of my that's kind of my my response. And wow, because like I, I love the previews. I'd, I'd be annoyed if someone. I enjoy the previews too, but you know what? You can see the previews at home. Like, there's nothing special about the previews. You didn't pay to go see a preview. Well, but that does happen. What if what if you went to go see like you know the Chris, surprise Christopher Nolan's making a fourth Batman movie, and that trailer comes on and you haven't seen it yet and you're at the theater? Are you, are you telling me you'd be tolerant of someone else talking and ruining that for you? No, not about Batman. Obviously. <laughs> 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 uh, but if it's just something stupid, like some movie no one cares about, like I don't know, some. I don't care. It's it's not Batman. Then yeah, I'm talking. That's what that's that's it. I'll probably even talk if it's Batman a little bit. If it's like if it's Zack Snyder's Batman, I'll probably say something. Hmm. All right then. Uh, final uh, final couple items here. 
we can just do a run through them quickly here. The movie theater stubs are play a huge role in this movie. And I just kind of wonder what you guys think about that, because I've actually always been afraid of losing my stub for this very reason. I feel like I am afraid of losing my stub because of this episode of Seinfeld. Uh, Like, I always think about George not being able to get back in when I, like, you know, they tear the stub, and, like, the first thing I want to do is throw it out. You know, I have this piece of garbage paper that uh, I want to get rid of, but I always think of George, you know, and this terrible guy who will not remember him because it's a big city. Yeah, and I honestly, I'm the same way. It's This episode of Seinfeld has forever made me uh, worried about potentially needing my stub. Like, if I have to go to the washroom at the theater, which is already a downer, but if for some reason I have to run out there, I always kind of look to make sure I'm not going to, like, cross the, like, line where I'll need to find my stub for some reason. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm very nervous about losing that stub, and yet I'm so annoyed when I find it in my pocket later. Like, I, I don't want that thing. You know, when you pay for something on debit and they say, do you want the receipt? The answer is no. I don't yeah, want the receipt. Get it away from me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, if you're Patrick, you're actively repulsed yes, by, the, absolutely. by the receipt. Uh, also, I uh, just want to talk about quickly the cab driver, Jerry's cab driver, the strange foreign man. He seems like he's Russian or Eastern European or something. I, right? I, I felt like he had like a, a slightly shifting accent, so I wasn't really sure how to describe I actually had Russian at first, but then I thought he sounded, like, vaguely French for a moment. Uh, but regardless, what, like, does he stop the clock in that situation? You gotta hope he does, but I mean... Yeah, he must. Would you, would you demand a discount? Because, like, he's adding to your travel time. He's not really doing you a favor by just stopping the clock. Hmm. Like, do you think you deserve a discount in that scenario? You don't have to ask one, but do you think that would be the appropriate thing to happen? I would just absolutely not let it happen. Like, I would, uh, like, like, uh, unless you're about, to, like, you can run on fumes in time to get to me to where I'm going, and you absolutely cannot go get cigarettes. So would you, would you walk? Yeah, I would absolutely, I'd walk out and I wouldn't pay him. You'd just go grab a different cab? Yeah. But he, he already drove you part of the way. Yeah, and then he told me, like, I mean, and then he wanted to stop. Like, that's, that's, that's not okay. You're a cab driver. It's not my problem if you're running out of gas. My problem is I need to get to my place, and I've hired you to do that. And you're like, oh, I've got to get gas. Oh, now I want to get smokes. Go, I mean, go. The smokes Take is a walk, buddy. The smokes is definitely over the line. I, I might tolerate, I might tolerate gas if, uh, you know, there was some sort of, some, some sort of consideration coming my way. If I was, he did his I, job I was, poorly. If I was really late and I needed to get somewhere, and then I'd be like, "Listen, buddy, you're gonna coast on fumes, and I'm gonna get to my place." If it was like not a big deal, that uh, yeah, sure, stop for stop for gas, but you know, uh, I want a discount. All right. <laughs> Well, see, look at well, this. Chris, Chris takes care of business. I know he's. I mean, he's tough on the uh, on the podcast, at the very least. That's mm-hmm. right. We call that podcast muscles. Yeah, yeah. I'm fronting. Podcast fronting. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Uh, why don't Why don't you kind of help us wrap this episode up? Uh, well, I mean, like the kind of the last thing is Jerry talks about when he's at the movie theater. He's the person who's confused by the plot. It's embarrassing, but he, like, is always asking, you know, like, 
who was that guy? Why did they kill him? Etc. Do you guys find you're ever confused by the plot in a movie? Primer? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not not primer? Not really. Yeah, not not very often would I say I'm confused by the plot. I mean, I might I might miss something, I guess, if it was a very complicated movie. But generally, I would say I don't have a problem following the movie, right? Like, I think if you pay a reasonable amount of attention, you should be able to follow a well-made movie. There are probably movies where if it's poorly made, you might not be able to follow it, but I don't think that's your fault if it's a bad movie. I think I was probably a little bit lost during Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Hmm. Yeah, that's just kind of a confusing movie. I mean, let me put it to you this way. If you went to go see a movie like Memento, you should be able to follow that movie. That is your test. That is your test to I see agree. if you pay enough attention. I agree. There's nothing actually confusing about Memento. Unless you're not paying attention. Right. So that that's that's gonna be my solution. That'll be my litmus test now. Someone if I want to find out if someone can follow a movie plot, that's the one I'm gonna show them. That's a good one, yeah. Good movie Primer's too. Not, Primer's not fair. <laughs> no. I don't think anyone fully understands Primer. I think I if you to say an that interview, you... I listened to an interview with the filmmaker, and he said, like, he didn't really think that it was reasonable for anyone to fully understand what had happened in the movie. Yeah, I maintain that if you, if you say that you fully understand Primer, you're lying. Yeah, I mean, like, Shane Carruth, I think, is just generally kind of confused. Like, he makes wonderful movies, uh, but let me tell you this, I mean... The first person to tell me that they like totally understand upstream color as well, I mean, they're they're also lying. Maybe the guy on the internet that made the flow chart. Maybe he's figured it out, but only because he really had to. I actually bought upstream color because they did the like simultaneous theater and like digital release. I yeah. bought it on the day of. Um, because I liked Primer a lot, but I still haven't watched it because I feel like I have never been in a state of mind where I'm attentive enough and like fully prepared to like understand the movie. Like I've been like waiting for a moment where like my brain is really switched on. I had the exact right amount of caffeine and like ate enough that day that uh, I will fully understand the movie. I mean, it's funny because it's it's actually an easier movie to follow than Primer. Uh, it would have just, to be. It's just, it's harder to understand, at least I think. I actually believe Justin told me that he thought it was a pretty understandable movie, so maybe he's scoffing at us right now. But um, I, I don't think it's like particularly clear what the character's motivations are. Uh, it's it's a very, very strange movie. It's it's definitely worth watching, but it's it's extremely strange. Like it it doesn't even it doesn't even have the sort of like uh the sort of like excitingness of the plot of primer to follow mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just kind of strange it feels like a very alien sort of experience but it's 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 neat it's on netflix now so you can just watch it on netflix and, and yeah, i guess, I, I, guess... Haven't, I, I haven't actually seen it i keep on wanting to just watch primer again <laughs> <laughs> all right there you have it what's with people calling it primer what? No one's calling it Primer. Yeah, Some people call, call it Primer. Primer. That is actually the like proper pronunciation. What? No, it's not. Yeah, like <laughs> a like little academic uh, thing that teaches you about something, which is like where the word like Primer comes from. is pronounced Primer. 
but I just say primer. And I say primer like referring to like a like primer on you know, like calculus or primer on using something. But that's people, people but the proper pronunciation is primer. Uh, I think it's uh, I'm not on board with that at all. Uh yeah. I think you're crazy, Patrick. I I don't oh, no. know. I don't say primer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Who says primer? Say primer. Uh, when I was listening to the incomparable talk about it, a couple of them called it primer. Well, I may have been proven wrong by the dictionary.com app, but I've decided to isolate my logic and any reason I have and continue to call it primer. Yeah, I'm not calling it primer. That's dumb. Totally dumb. You call it primer, you're a monster. Agreed. <laughs> this is a good show. Like, this is a good show we're recording today. I know, okay, yeah. So, overall, how do you guys feel about this this episode? I liked it. I thought it was good. Lots of jokes, which I appreciated. Pretty good. I really liked this episode, uh, but as I was watching it, I realized that it was going to be a difficult episode for us to discuss in our standard format. Mm-hmm. We kind of broke it, I think. You know, we kind of went all over the place. <clears throat> yeah, and I actually, you know, just to make the show about us even more, have been considering the last few episodes as we're getting into the more rapid fire style of editing uh, with much shorter scenes that we might we might even have more episodes like this where we kind of just break apart the general topics and events, but we can't really talk about them scene by scene by scene because some of the scenes are you know four or five seconds long yeah mm-hmm. uh chris young what do you think about the episode um what do you think i thought about the episode uh, I, I feel like you wouldn't like it because it's almost like a bottle episode you know it yeah. has some of the same elements it's it's the you, pseudo uh single you guys are, episode you guys are exactly correct i did not really like this episode um, a part of it, and I think I've said this before, part of it is I have, I have so little tolerance, as much as I love Seinfeld and old TV, I have so little tolerance for plot lines that could otherwise just be fixed if someone had a cell phone. Like, That's a good like, point, though. This episode couldn't exist today. Yeah. No, and it's, it's stuff like that where it's, it's I guess I, it's, there's so many things that technology has changed. But this is the one thing where I just have so I just don't have the patience to So watch only if people. it's a cell phone problem? Or do you watch like a Western and be like, just get a car? Yeah, just get a car. Hop in a car. You know, I'm watching like a Western. I'm watching like a Western and be like, just get a cell phone. <laughs> you know? I don't know. So it's it, but it's it Seinfeld seems so modern in most respects to me that when it's these little things that are just hinge on not having um you know not having just one little piece of information like if one person could just communicate a bit of information the whole thing would fall apart and yeah it is it's too much like a bottle episode there's some funny parts in it definitely all right um well as always, I would recommend that you head over to whatsthedealshow.com where you will find 
all of our show notes for today's episode. Maybe you want to see the Papaya King uh, webpage. Uh, maybe, I don't know, are we going to have a picture this week, Chris? Uh, it's not looking good. Because I, I picked up the slack for you last week. I know. I got to I got to I got to I'll, I'll uh, send you last the- week's picture right here so you can see it, but... All right, well, maybe maybe there will or maybe there won't be a picture, but there will be today's other business item. And today, in other business, uh, and I will put the link into both our show notes and the little chat room for, for our live listeners, for the jackals to feed on. And so today's news story, uh, which, pun intended, we have not vetted particularly carefully. Celebrity vet Chris Brown interrupts dolphin orgy during filming. So uh, he's, he's an Australian celebrity vet, and he was filming a segment for his TV show, uh, or a TV show called The Living Room. And so Dr. Brown was swimming with the animals off the New South Wales coast after attempting to attract them by singing a high-pitched tune. His call appeared to work when he suddenly found himself surrounded by dolphins. Either they are here because of my call, or they are here to tell me to shut up, he said in the clip. But then he realized the animals were mating. (laughs) So he's in the middle of a, I don't know, is is it a pod? Are dolphins travel in a pod? Yeah, because they're a whale. Okay, so dolphins in the pod, uh, and there was about a hundred of them or so, and they were all mating. A hundred dolphins all mating around him, and he's in the middle of this dolphin mating soup. And actually, you know, it's kind of funny. He, it's Don't almost use like... the word soup. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> what I think is pretty, uh, pretty funny about this is that when he describes it, he sounds like a little kid. So, like, we're talking about the uh, Prego pasta sauce again, or whoever made that sauce. Ragu. Ragu, the ragu sauce. Uh, because he describes it at first as, it almost looked like they were fighting. <laughs> uh, so innocent. And instead, he describes it that he put himself in the middle of a 100 dolphin underwater orgy. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> my question to you is... What what do you think is the best solution to to your problem here? How I do you, don't, what do you, I I would say not get involved. Well, it's too late. You're in the water. You're celebrity vet Chris Young. They don't know that I'm a celebrity though. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe they do. You're maybe just not they, a celebrity in the dolphin world, you know, right? Maybe they're doing it for me. Maybe they're putting on a show. Oh, Chris Brown's here and not the not the crappy Chris Brown. And uh, let's put on a show. Let's just get freaky for him. He's got a camera. He'll love it. And turns out Chris Brown, big prude. You know, it's not down with it. It's a lot of free love going on, and he just wants to shut the whole thing down. Everybody back home by, you know, 9 o'clock, curfew time. Don't just give away your flower, dolphins. But Save I mean, it for something special. Well, so Patrick, I mean, what do you think is the best way to... To, to deal with this, right? You're you're in the water. Mm-hmm. The 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 boat's not like right by you. Do you mm-hmm. think it? Are they like the T Rex? Do you just stay still? 
Yeah, stay still. Well, I mean, what is your concern here? That the, the, the Dolphins will start prodding you to join in? Or... Because like, well, I feel peer, like you just want to get out. Peer pressure is a real problem, Patrick. You just want to get out of there as quickly as possible. I think, right? Just, just. But what if they? What if they attack it. you? What if they think that they're not going to attack you? They're distracted. You know, they're very distracted. They might. If what if? You, what if, if they think that the you're competition? Place, if if you were in the dolphin's place, say the situation were reversed. It was a okay, bunch of humans so and a dolphin showed up in the middle. You might be a little you might notice the dolphin, but you're you're more interested in the humans, right? I'd say you'd notice the I, dolphin. I think yeah, and that's I, what I'm saying. You're saying you'd notice it, but you're still more more excited about the other dolphins. I think if the situation was reversed and there was a human orgy going on and then all of a sudden a dolphin came in, I I'd think the like, dolphin has the possibility. What kind of orgy is this? <laughs> I I think the dolphin would break break it up i i think people would be too distracted by the dolphin i tend to agree but in patrick's so world in patrick's, are... world in patrick's world there's an orgy going on and then for some reason there's a dolphin there oh, dolphin. and everyone's cool. just, just everyone's just gonna keep going on about their business i mean so you guys you me. guys think it's the same for dolphins though you think these dolphins are you know there's gonna be like a human there, and they're going like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry, I lost my concentration." Well, yeah, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What sort of dolphin orgy is this?" <laughs> this is this Who is maybe a human. This is maybe a little this, too outside my comfort zone. I'm no prude, but I mean, come on. <laughs> like this, this was on my, my on my won't list. Having that human show up here to That's our right. yeah. to our orgy. I like this you. Is a safe you word, right? <laughs> i mean i i know that uh you know these animals are perhaps a little more single-minded of purpose but the dolphin uh is purportedly a very intelligent animal hmm. yeah he's smart enough to know that humans just there for a watch you know they don't like i mean humans underwater he's got his whole strappy thing on humans go underwater sometimes and it's not weird and the dolphins are with that there's no, like, I mean, if I'm in an orgy and suddenly there's a dolphin there, I'm going to be like, holy crap, there's a dolphin there. But if I'm just sitting in my living room and suddenly there's a dolphin there, I'm also going to be like, holy crap, there's a dolphin there. <laughs> the context of what I'm doing at the moment when suddenly a dolphin shows up, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's the fact that a dolphin suddenly showed up. Whereas the dolphins, you know, sometimes humans show up with cameras and it's not really a big deal for them. Hmm. Well, so let me let me maybe raise the stakes for you here, okay? So I'm I'm on the Dolphin Wikipedia page as I often am. Sure. And, and it says right here, sexual encounters may be violent, with male yeah. dolphins sometimes showing aggressive behavior towards both females and other males. Gets a little rapey. Male dolphins may also work together and attempt to herd females keeping the females by their side by means of both physical aggression and intimidation. So you could be in trouble because look at this last part. Occasionally dolphins behave sexually toward other animals, including humans. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's a risk. Okay. So now Why you're do the... people like dolphins so much. <laughs> Cause they're always smiling. <laughs> um, I think because they're kind of like they're kind of cute, I guess. They kind of they're, they're 
Yeah, no, they're adorable. Look at them. Yeah. They got that little smile. They're 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 generally perceived as playful, I believe. Yeah. But you know, if you get caught in the middle of the orgy, okay, so you guys just thought it was all shits and giggles, but aggressive behavior and sometimes have shown sexual behavior towards humans. Like you gotta get out of that water quickly, I imagine. Yeah, so you just gotta go directly in. You just gotta leave. You know, it's like you. you I'm just worried you that maybe into the wrong room. You just get out. Say, I'm just worried me. that my splashing and panic. <laughs> oh, you're like you're indicating you're indicating like excitement. Yeah, I'm worried that it's. That's why I'm wondering if it's maybe better to just try and like try and be still and be stealthy to avoid detection. Maybe swim as little like a dolphin like as you can. Like, don't do the dolphin kick as you're swimming away. Definitely, you know that's just gonna. <laughs> That's going to, you know, attract them. You know, you want to do, like, the most human kind of swimming you can do. Turn them off, hopefully. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure when they realize that someone invited a human, they'll be, they'll be turned off of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is quite a show we've done this week. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, <laughs> there was just so many stories this week to choose from. And I just didn't know what to pick. I mean, you know, we're not going to be talking about the heart bleed bug. I felt <laughs> like the death of the ultimate warrior wasn't going to ring too hard with our uh, audience. The what? Uh, a professional wrestler died. Okay. Um, here's, here's a tantalizing headline off the Independent. Inquiry into Tory conference, quote, gay sex party paid on expenses. That was actually also a dolphin orgy. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Life with Archie series is killing off Archie. You know, I guess that would have been an okay one. No. Let me see. Look at this. Like, see? There was nothing. We, get, we got nothing this week. So, yeah. we, we, we're going with Dolphin Orgy. Dolphin Orgy was good, okay? All right, yeah, it's no. great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So did they. <laughs> so... You know, I guess I guess that's kind of it. I guess that's a show. I guess that's another business. That's you, it. In the can. Unless you got anything else. Don't say in the can. In the bag. There you go. Dolphin juice. <laughs> oh. Don't say, don't say dolphin Sorry, juice. Sorry, soup. Soup. You said soup. <laughs> I'm the one that gets cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. Do you, do, you, do you have anything else, Chris? Do you have anything else for us? No. Do you have anything non-dolphin related? I don't think so. No? You got no. any... I don't know. you have any recipes you want to share? No, I don't. Do you have anything our audience members can do to help the show? Uh, well, you know, the ratings kind of help the show you know so what they can do is they have to go download the seen it time play app <laughs> and the next time they're in the theater playing the game and they're like the question is uh what's the number one seinfeld review podcast the first one to to give us five stars and say what's the deal you know they might get a free popcorn apparently it's a big deal Chris, it's eight dollars. We're talking about eight Canadian dollars. That there is a big go. deal in anyone's world. I I apologize profusely to David Heinrich for questioning 
for questioning his methods. Uh, I, I am but an infant in this world, clearly, compared to Dave's monstrous knowledge base. Because if I had known that there was a possibility of winning a free popcorn, like that totally changes the game. <laughs> now you're competing for something. Yeah. I mean, am, am, I, am I off base on this, Patrick? Does that not make it sound like a hundred times more appealing to you? Well, I mean, like, if you're just, like, imagine just being in the theater, answering these very easy quiz questions that they always have before they show the trailers. Oh, oh, sorry, Brainiac, I didn't realize they were so easy. I didn't realize that you knew, like, when Sean Penn's birthday is. Yeah, I guess I thought it was like through the mosaic. I always thought it was, like, this Waterworld star also played uh, Robin Hood. Beach Bullhorn. Oh. (laughs) Um, you know, or like this Forrest Gump star was also in Captain Phillips. Robin Wright Penn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is it Robin Williams? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you answer uh, Robin Williams. If you're just answering this, it's not that exciting. But if you answer and you can win something, it's almost like gambling. It's a little, you know, you put some, you put some skin in the game. It's exciting. Don't say put skin in the game. <laughs> Dolphin skin? Patrick. <laughs> there's some, I'm telling you, there's some skin on that soup. <laughs> our most disgusting episode yet. <laughs> but I mean... Or our most, our most tantalizing to our dolphin listeners. That is true. Long have we uh, ignored the, the, the porpoise crowd. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. I'm just saying that it it changes things. Like a free popcorn. What if you could win like two free movie passes? Now this can, this whole trip is can, comped. I think you can win movie passes too. There are various movie theater related prizes. Yeah, no, this is a great idea. This is such <laughs> a good idea. I've never been to a theater that has this, and now I feel like my local theaters are crap now. Like, what's the point of going if I can't even win something? People love to win things, Chris. You know this. I, yeah, I know. You know this better than most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was Chris Young. Oh, the sweet odds, one in three on a free Coke. Yet... He loves iCokeRewards.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, Patrick Armstrong, maybe people want to get a hold of us. How could they do that? Well, we love social networking and what's the else. So you can follow us on Twitter. We tweet at WTD Show. We post all the episodes. Uh, you can like ask us questions or comment on the show, whatever you like there. Um, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash what's the deal show. Um, same deal there. Post episodes. You can like the episodes. We post all the pictures. People ask questions. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. All it's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, we got... We got that feedback about the proper pronunciation of St. Louis. You mean St. Louis? No, you're alienating him. St. <laughs> Saint, Saint, Saint Louis, the arch. What's that called? The Peace Arch? The big arch in St. Louis. The Arch of Brotherly Love. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> the Big Apple. The Windy Apple. I think you're thinking of the Pants City. The screen door capital of America. Oh, we gotta we gotta end this. We got it. We gotta end this. 
uh, as always, I would encourage you to, you know, head over to our webpage, what's the deal show.com. We've got we've got everything you could need there. Forget forget your regular day. Forget going to the movie. Forget popcorn. Nourish yourself on the pure entertainment proposition that is what's the deal show. You go to the webpage, we got show notes, we got pictures. Come on. Spend your time there. It's great. How's that for a plug? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. All right. So uh, next week, we will be looking at, I believe, The Visa is our next episode. Does that sound right to you guys? Mm-hmm. In this episode, Jerry gets his first credit card and goes into massive debt while learning the value of saving. What? Or, <laughs> no. In this episode, George meets uh, an Asian American woman who is a lawyer who thinks that George is very funny. He gets Jerry and Elaine to agree to go on a double date with him, but it begins to seem like Cheryl is interested in Jerry because perhaps he's too funny. Jerry then puts on a persona of dark and depressed, which appeals to her even more. Kramer comes back early from fantasy baseball camp because he punches Mickey Mantle. And of course, Babu Bot returns for one more episode. Actually, I believe he is in a third episode, the finale. But uh, the finale too. Yeah. yeah. There we go. And uh, that's that's next next week's episode. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, all right. Well, as always, a hearty thank you from myself, Cameron Wong, and my good friends Patrick Armstrong. Goodbye. And Christopher Young. Yeah, bye. We'll see you again next week. There you go. You see, I switched up the order at the end there. I put myself at the front. Made myself a big deal. You are a big big deal. I kind of just misspoke and put myself at the beginning. Well, you know, we can't all get uh, what Lisa Hedge says is, you know, the beginning of an endless upward trajectory career. You know, we... uh, we can't all get reviews like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>